It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, Colorado, where the show originates. For you guys listening on Grace FM, we are live. Taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000, We also are taking your questions via text line. It's a dedicated number just for texts. Uh, don't leave a message on it. Uh, you you can't do anything but text on it, uh, and that's seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. So blessed to be with you this afternoon. I haven't had the privilege of doing the Thursdays for a while, uh, and so I'm very blessed to uh, be a part of today's program. Give me a call three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Just looking at the calendar, coming up in December. Uh, Grace FM is going to celebrate seven years on the air. Can you believe that? Seven years. It was midnight. Actually, it was just a little bit before midnight on December 22nd in an empty room uh, in our building uh, with just a little bit of equipment. I don't even remember what it was. I'd have to go through the pictures again. But we gathered together. uh, I believe, I believe that was a Wednesday night. And we worshiped, and then the very first thing we did on our broadcast was read a passage from the Bible, dedicating the station to the teaching of God's Word and to the solid worship uh, music that's a little bit alternative than what is normally heard on other stations. And so we're not there yet, but on December 22nd, we have seven years, then that means we would be beginning our eighth year, which is the year of new beginnings. It's really hard to believe that we've been on for seven years, um, but very blessed to be the steward of Grace FM here at Calvary and Aurora. Now, you guys on Hope FM Radio Network on the East Coast uh, and stations outside of of, Den- of Colorado, uh, you you are listening on a one-week delay. And it doesn't mean that you can't call in. Uh, So if you hear the show, call in. Uh, You'll get on the air. You'll be speaking to the the live broadcast, but then it won't be aired until the following week. And that's just how we air on other stations. And it works. Um, It's still fruitful, and the Lord is good. And we thank Pastor Bill Lupkeman, uh, the Calvary Chapel in Marlton, who uh, the originator of Hope FM, uh, for carrying the program and for introducing us to so many wonderful people on the East Coast. Uh, we get calls from Maryland, we get calls from Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, New York. Uh, what are we missing? We might be missing a state. If I'm missing your state, call me and tell me. 303 690 3000. 303-690-3000. While we're waiting for the phone lines to light up, let's look at a, let's, well, you know, let's let's make sure that we speak to the current event. Uh, that is the tragedy in Las Vegas. 
Uh, we had lined up a guest today, Pastor Derek Neider, uh, to join us from Calvary Chapel in Las Vegas, uh, and he was unable to join us because the <clears throat> there was an emergency at a local hospital. So let's just open up our program, uh, remembering the families, uh, the first responder, just remembering everyone. We won't be able to mention everyone. Uh, we'll mention the two pastors that I know by name and personally, Jimmy and Derek. Jimmy's uh, the pastor at Calvary Chapel in Lone Mountain. And although I mentioned Calvary Chapel, just remember uh, the church is much larger than Calvary. There's a lot of great churches in Vegas that's, that are doing amazing things. And so we don't want to forget them. The body of Christ is moving in a wonderful way. But because I'm part of the fellowship family of Calvary Chapel and even the Calvary Global Network, uh, that that group of churches, we want to be able to pray uh, and be um, in fellowship with solid Bible teaching uh, believers. So, Father, we do pray for what's going on in Vegas right now and uh, for the churches there that are rallying around, the Baptist churches, the Lutheran churches, the Calvary chapels, Lord, the independents, the non-denominationals, you name it. There's ministry going on in the name of Jesus Christ. I know that when people ask, where is God in all this? <clears throat> I would say that God's right in the middle of it all, ministering his love and his mercy to the hurting, to the fearful, to the grieving, grieving uh, and um, and and the importance of of what it is to uh, step into other people's pains. Your word says that you are uh, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations. And so I pray comfort. I pray for Pastor Derek and Pastor Jimmy in particular uh, as they set about to rally the ministry. I noticed um, one of the churches there has it's got a prayer room open every day um, so that people can come in if they need to to get some solace. Uh, in a building, <clears throat> but a building that's dedicated to the worship of Almighty God. And and we just pray, God, for the craziness of our world and the darkness of our world. I lift up to you if you would give it to us uh, this weekend as I set about to share a message similar to what I shared after the Aurora Theater shooting, just to get us uh, rooted in the truths of your word. I pray for that to go out as it goes out on the radio and as it goes out from... Uh, the ministry here and just being able to comfort um, your people, Lord, and and to comfort a reckless world that's out of control with your word, that there's a bigger reality than what we see and experience. Uh, and so, God, we just lift up this show to you and ask for your hand to be upon it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lots going on. We're going to go right to the phone lines and pick up with Adam. He's in Longmont, Colorado. Adam, welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, Adam, what's going on? Well, <clears throat> pardon me, I was eating. All right, so the Bible says in Matthew that if a man strikes you, that you should turn your face and let him strike you seven more times. Yes. I've uh, I've asked that question before, uh, what that really means, and essentially that just means that you, you shouldn't let people walk all over you, but just Christians should have a high boiling point. Am I right? That's a great. That's a great summary of it. There's more to that, but that, I like your summary. Yes. Okay. Now my question is: In the Bible, Samson beat and whooped a thousand Philistines with the jawbone sure. of a donkey, and he killed them all. Yes. The commandments say you can't kill people, and I also know that obviously David killed Goliath. 
Now, I obviously understand that there are certain circumstances where it would be, I wouldn't say justified, but it would be understandable. But where in Scripture does it say, thou shalt not kill a man except if he da-da-da-da-da? That's a good question, you know. Let's talk about the first things that you you shared first. You know, you need to make a distinction uh, when you're reading through the Scriptures, when you're comparing events. You know, let's take David and Goliath, for example. Um, Mm -hmm. The children of Israel were at war. David, Uh David as a kid, was going out into a battlefield and... And even though he didn't belong there, uh, he was he was taking down a man that was threatening uh, the very lives of the of the nation of Israel. Um, and most of most of the violence that you see in the Old Testament was in the context of war. Uh, it uh-huh. was in the context of of national. Um, it was an it was a national thing involving individuals. Uh, whereas compared to Matthew chapter five, Jesus is speaking on personal on the personal relationships that you and I have with others yeah. and the, the reality of what is our response, how, how are we to respond, uh, and, and what that looks like. So you're going to be disappointed uh, in my answer to some degree because the Bible doesn't say much about what, what, the, what the boiling point is, and the Bible doesn't say much about um, where the line is to be drawn. Um, those that are pacifists, um, I would say that the Bible doesn't say much on what is defined as pacifism today either. Um, that's more of a um, that's more of a I, I want to say worldly because I don't mean sinful, but it's more, it's more of, of a, a secular philosophical. Thing to be a pacifist, it's kind of an you know a choice. Yeah, it's like a philosophical position. It's it can't be it can't be supported by the scriptures either. But I have to say, there's an interesting passage in Luke chapter 22. Uh, and if you'll recall, Jesus is sending out the disciples to share the gospel. And in mm-hmm. Luke 22, he says, uh, let me get there with you. I didn't look it up. Let me find it. It says, that's a that's a really good. Uh, um, here it goes. Uh, it's Luke 22. Sorry, everyone, for delaying. Verse 35. Uh, Jesus said to them, when I sent you out without money, a bag, and knapsack, and sandals, did you lack anything? And they said nothing. And then in verse 36, he says, uh, but now he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise, a knapsack, and he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say to you that this, this which is written must still be accomplished in me. He was numbered with the transgressors. So that's an interesting... Um, that that's an interesting in, instruction from Jesus to tell them to take swords with them, and mm-hmm. there's only one purpose for a sword. I mean, there's multi purposes, multi motivations, but one purpose. And and so another example that I think of those with Jesus that was carrying a sword was Peter. Yeah, Remember in the garden, off. yeah, when they came, uh, and and Jesus didn't tell him you have broken the Mosaic law, Peter. He was he 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 not only he he just like you this isn't you, this isn't the way you're to live, um, this isn't you you know if you live by the sword you're going to die by the sword this isn't the way you're to live. He heals the ear and saves Peter from crucifixion. I believe um, to be crucified right next to him uh, for the penalty of that. Um, but but he had a sword and mm-hmm. Jesus allowed it. And who knows who else had a sword? I mean, a couple of the guys that were following. 
um, Jesus. I mean, at least one of them was a zealot, um, which today we would call a terrorist. Um, Mm -hmm. I say that only to say he was redeemed, um, but he understood uh, how to protect. So the Bible doesn't really say much. I mean, you know, you can go back to, um, in Exodus chapter 22, it says, uh, if a thief is caught breaking in and and is struck so that he dies, the defender is not guilty of bloodshed. That's a pretty direct way of saying that you can protect your life and your property. Oh, I'm, and your I'm house. sorry, my uh, my wife beeped in when you were uh, when you said Exodus that. So, Exodus twenty two. It says if a if a thief breaks into your house, what? If a thief is caught breaking in and is struck so that he dies, the defender is not guilty of bloodshed. Okay, but that's. That, that was literally what I was hoping to find, just anything like that. Just Yeah, just, I mean, just but the rest one, of the verse... one little itty-bitty passage that literally says, like, if a man kills your wife, he must die, or just, like, or, or just anything that would justify where... I mean, what would be considered, I guess, by Colorado standards, make my day law? Well, probably the closest is going to be in Exodus 22. Okay. Well, that's good. And... um I uh, heard your monologue, you're wanting to pray for Vegas, and I was actually going to ask for a prayer request for Vegas, but since you already did that, could I, um, thank you for answering my question, but could I ask for a prayer request to top it off? Sure, absolutely. Well, what would you? Um, well, first of all, I just wanted to say that I, I believe it was on the news, the whole Vegas thing, and um, I'll paraphrase a little bit, but they, the, I think it was CNN that actually said, country music festivals are predominantly Republican parties. So the Repu- these people should have seen something like that coming, which, first of all, I think of that as just absolutely outrageously cruel to say. Um, and with all the stuff going on right now, I don't care what anyone says, I would like to pray for the Trump family, mostly because I know they're a target, and that's not, that's not fair for anybody. you got Father, people just, that are we, killing Republicans. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we just pray for this, this carnage and... And we, we don't know the—we haven't been revealed to us yet what the motivation was except evil. And evil takes many forms and doesn't discriminate um, in terms of what political party a person is or what the color of their skin is. Evil is evil and perpetrated on many. And, and even as your word says, we're to pray for the leaders, um, those that are in authority. And I just ask God that you would, um, that you would protect our president, uh, that you would give him wisdom— that you would restrain, Lord, him from inciting or making things worse. And, and Lord, we, we know that the world, the, world wants, uh, the world wants to make this into something that they could use for their own um, purposes, but you want to use it for the purpose of sharing the gospel. And so we just pray, God, and ask and plead with you, to show yourself faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We're going to go to Jim um, calling from Denver, Colorado. Jim, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. Yes, yes. Uh, 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 the question that I have, for you is, uh, I was just asked that question here in a restaurant here about okay. a couple hours ago. Uh, yes. Where do we, when we die, 
where do we go? That was how when it was put to me. When you say and, we, are you, who are you referring to? Well, uh, believers they, or unbelievers? Uh, a lady asked me, I had my Bible with me, and I was just reading here, reading here of the, uh, those d- devotional uh, yes. daily Bible, uh, daily, and so on and so on. And the lady just asked me, she just, she said, since you got the Bible, can you, can you uh, answer, you know, my question, just out of the clear blue? And, uh, of course, you know, I, uh, I, the first thing that the Lord put on my mind was to, you know, to, to ask her first, you know, if she's a Christian and so on. And she said, yes. And I said, well, then you do believe in the Bible that you have and God and God. And she said, yes. And I said, the Bible that you have. And she said, yes. And I, uh, so anyway, God, the Spirit took me to, uh, uh, Ecclesiastic, uh, uh, 12 here, 7, where it talks about our soul, our soul, and from then on, it, it, and I have a commentary also on the soul here. And okay. so, and I've heard Dr. Jeremiah, you know, speak to that, speak to that same question here. He had a series, I think it was last month, uh, two months ago, of uh, where, do, where, do our, where do we go when we die? And uh, so, anyway, I was you know, I was confident that, but anyway, it led to as the conversation led on, and I just said, "This is what I believe. What I believe from what the Lord, the Lord, the Holy Spirit has given me is that uh, from Romans, Romans uh, ten nine, of course, uh, confession. You know, of the, and uh, so anyway, she she looked at it and uh, and she read it. She said, "There, that's all. That's what I needed to know." And I asked her later, I said, what, what uh, religion are you? And she said, Jehovah Witnesses. I figured that, because she asked me do a, what name God is called. And so first, God put on my mind, just say the word Jehovah. And she agreed to that. <laughs> but anyway, uh-huh. I just wanted to Good ask you. you. Build a bridge. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Oh, well, the Bible, the Bible says in one quick verse where believers go. Uh, there's a longer answer to the issue of... Uh, soul sleep, which Jehovah's Witnesses believe in, uh, and among many other false things. Um, but the Bible says in Second Corinthians, uh, I think it's chapter 5, uh, it says, we're always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And so our, after our death as believers, we go directly into the presence of the Lord. There is no biblical substance for soul sleep uh, or a, suspend, a suspended uh, sort of animation. Believers go into the, directly into the presence of the Lord when they die. Uh, 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 believers are believers, right? Yes, uh-huh. And what, what was that Second Corinthians right now? Second uh, Corinthians chapter five verses um, six, seven, and eight. Oh, okay. And I have it right here. I have a, I always carry my Bible with me. And uh, well, thanks for your call, does, my brother. It, it does lead to conversation. What you were saying it does lead to. <laughs> I, you know, I tell my church, I tell the church all the time. Uh, I love the fact that I can read the Bible on my iPad, and I love the fact that I can read it on my phone. But there's just something about having a Bible open at at the coffee shop or at the market or you know wherever you might be. Like I was at the DMV recently, 
that it, there's no question. And it does start all kinds of wonderful conversations where we can, uh, we can share the gospel with people and answer questions. It's really good. I'm glad you do that. Yeah, well, it's, it's not that I'm compelled to do it. Like Paul said, I'm compelled to, That's to, right. uh, to, for my, for my purpose of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, what God leads me to do, to live it. Amen. To live it, well, to live it, and and that's what I'm concerned about. And I was telling her what I, you know, tell, uh, telling you, and uh, and uh, anyway, she left. She left. Seemed like, and she she was uh, pleased, pleased. And I've had this conversation with Jehovah's Witness before, and I've been asked to talk, you know, Muslim and so on, and all these religions. And my conclusion was what I was telling her. I said. You have a Bible, you, you just read it. That, I, I see that as whatever Bible it is, whatever Bible. Yes. Where God, whatever God puts you, puts you uh, in whatever location or whatever family you grew in, whatever Bible, you read it. And I said, number one, I told I said, I'm not, I'm not seeking to change your heart. I, don't, I can't change your heart. All that God does, and you do believe in God. And I said, that's who I look for. That's all. I said, I just tell my story like these men that God had assigned to write the Bible. He, he allows them to tell how he has changed them in, 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 in whatever chapters. Sometimes, like Paul, and some of them he told about his story, and so on and so on. And, well, hey, thank uh, you for calling, Jim. And, and uh, I said I was—and uh, and, uh, so anyway, she left with that. Jim, that, th- Jim thanks for calling, buddy. I'm going to go on to the next call, okay? Thanks for giving me that. Okay, buddy. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. We had Desiree here calling here in Colorado. I wanted to get to her question before the break. Hey, Desiree, welcome to the program. Oh, no. We lost Desiree, which means we probably could have gone a little longer with Jim. Well, the Lord knows. Uh, 303-690-3000. Uh, text me seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. You know, I was I was thinking uh, Jim's call stirred me up to remind you that are listening, even those of you that are uh, a part of the Jehovah Witness cult, uh, and it, it, if you're, I know that you're curious, and I know that your organization tells you not to read anything that they don't put out, um, but we also know that so many of you read all kinds of things that your organization doesn't put out. You watch all sorts of things on the television that your organization doesn't put out. So can I ask you, when you're looking for a book, and I know that you are passionate and dedicated, and I know that you want to know the truth, I want to recommend a book to you. It's called Reasoning from the Scriptures with Jehovah Witnesses by Ron Rhodes. And even that phrase is familiar to you, isn't it? Because the little book that they give you when you go door-to-door is Reasoning from the Scriptures. Um, This goes through some of the major things that you've been taught and opens up the Bible. And while I do not believe the New World Translation is an accurate translation to be used, since it's in your hands, there is a lot of it that is true. Uh, And and so um, if you need a Bible, we'll give you one. But you can get one on your iPad now for free. You can get on your phone for free. Reasoning from the Scriptures with Jehovah Witnesses by Ron Rhodes. Hey, while we're waiting for some calls to come in, I'll I'll flip over to our text in a moment, but I want to remind you and invite you to Calvary Chapel Aurora this weekend. 
Uh, if you're not in the area, you can tune in live on the radio Saturday night or Sunday at 1045 as we broadcast our services live. Um, I'm going to be doing a very special Bible study this weekend called A, a Right Response to Sudden Terror. And I'm doing that in light of the, the things that are going on uh, that just took place in Las Vegas, stirring up a lot of craziness uh, in our own city, right here in Aurora from the movie theater shooting five years ago, uh, the PTSD that gets scored, the depression. Um, I have to say it affected me. Uh, it, it's affected me. I'm, I'm, it's hard to shake it off. Um, I, had, I, I know there's a lot of stories, um, but um, my, my, one of my good friends, Jack, uh, the one that invited me uh, to church, invited me to Calvary Chapel back in 1991. Uh, he, uh, when we, I, we go back to Little League uh, in Southern California. We played Little League together at the same park, uh, Little Park in our neighborhood. And when, you know, we started, we, we were friends all the way through, uh, through high school uh, and did a lot of bad things together. And, and when, when I ended up, <clears throat> uh, Marie and I ended up having a child uh, as teenagers in high school, uh, we, had a, we had little Eddie. Um, Jack and his girlfriend, now his wife, Debbie, had uh, their daughter, uh, Jessica, uh, just a few months. So Eddie was born in November. Uh, December. So four months later, little Jessica was born and, and we've been blessed to see her blossom and grow and just become a wonderful, beautiful young woman of God. She married a fine young man uh, from Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa High School there, Daniel Gomez. And at any rate, Jessica and Daniel were there at the event and they they were posting pictures on the first day of the gathering uh, of the concert. And I, te- I even put on Instagram, tell me you're not there for country music. And of course, that's the big joke uh, between them because I don't really like country music all that much. But that's a different topic for a different show. And uh, so, you know, I woke up Monday morning to my wife calling me and saying, hey, Jessica's okay. And I'm like, what? I don't, it's kind of like I woke up when uh, the movie theater, I was just, I couldn't, I didn't get the concept of what happened and what was happening. And, but they ended up, we contacted them, they ended up leaving a half hour before the shooting started heading back to California a half hour. All they want to do is go enjoy concert. Uh, they're not partying type. They're not, uh, you know, they love the Lord and they also love country music and they were just going to enjoy some time listening to music. And they left a half hour before. Unbelievable, unbelievable. So we're going to be, you know, whatever it's stirred up in you, um, <clears throat> those whatever it's stirred up in you, uh, we're going to be sharing a special message this weekend. We have three services at Calvary in Aurora, Saturday night at 6 o'clock, and Sunday morning at 8.45 and 10.45. 8.45 and 10.45. And so the <clears throat> we invite you to come on out. We want, um, And if you don't come out, you already have a home church or whatever, uh, get the CD or the MP3. Uh, it'll be available online just after uh, the service. We usually do it within the day. Uh, and um, we would love for you to, well, I mean, I, I just want to serve you, and I want to minister to the issue at heart, um, and I want to speak words of comfort and encouragement to the trouble, just like the Bible says. Um, and so be ready. Come on out this weekend. Calvary Chapel Aurora is 
on Hampton, one block east of Tower Road. Um, one block east of Tower Road. And come on out. I know we got a spot running um, to remind everyone, but you go to our website, calvaryaurora.org, or download our apps. Uh, you can get the live stream from the Grace FM app. You can get the live stream from our Calvary Aurora app. Go to whatever store you use and just search Calvary Space Aurora. And we'll be right back. We're coming up on a break, and then we're. I want to talk to you a little bit about Refresh that's in Colorado Springs. So give me a call. we got lines open, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Calvary Live. Glad that you joined us. 303-690-3000. Let's go right to line number one, uh, since we're going to be talking about Colorado Springs in a moment. Leslie is calling from Colorado Springs. Leslie, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you. Hi. Um, hi. I had a question in regards to the call that Jim just made and that you um, referenced to um, absent from the body, present with Christ. So I had yes. a question in regards to the verse, and, and I'm driving, so I don't have my Bible right now, um, in regards to the um, text in Thessalonians where it says, you know, don't ignore those who are still sleeping and that they're going to be called and that they're going to be resurrected first. <clears throat> yes. So I'm just a little, your, um, like, confused your, whether um, we go automatically with Christ or if we're waiting for that moment. Well, the the word sleep is really a euphemism for those that have died. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're not in an animated state of sleeping that those have, that have died. And, I, and mm-hmm. he's speaking to people in Thessalonians that are alive. Okay. And so what he's referring to, I believe, is at the coming of the Lord, those that have died are there first already, right? He comes back, the Bible says, with ten thousands mm-hmm. of his saints and then we will join him in the rapture. That's what I think First Thessalonians 5 is saying. Okay. So, Does that help? Well, don't, um, it said, like, don't ignore those who are asleep, because they will be resurrected. <clears throat> oh, so they've already been resurrected. Like, they've already basically are with Christ. They've, they're already Now, there is some debate. The debate about this mm-hmm. passage is actually the physical body part. Uh-huh. Uh, when does when do you get your physical body? And there's a lot of debate on that. But in terms of the question, as far as order is concerned, Paul is writing to people that are alive, just like you and okay. I reading that text. Mm-hmm. Those that have okay. already gone, like my boy, those that have mm-hmm. already gone, my mom and dad and my son are with the Lord right now. And so okay. at the rapture of the church, they are coming down with him and we are going up to meet them. They've got, they are first oh, or okay. second. I get it. Okay. It makes sense. Okay. That was just great. my, my question that I was like, uh, kind of for a few well, months. That's a great like, question. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, I just thank you. got clarification. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. This weekend, tomorrow and Saturday at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs is the annual Refresh Pastors, Leaders, and Ministry Conference, and it's not too late to sign up. It's not too late to show up. Uh, It starts tomorrow at, I believe, 1 o'clock. Registration opens at 11. 
Uh, Although this is an event that is primarily of the Calvary Chapel family of churches, it's not an exclusive event. Anybody that loves the Lord, is a believer, wants to grow in ministry, you are invited. Please do come out. The information that's available on Rocky Mountain Calvary's website is at rmcalvary.org. rmcalvary.org. Pastor Eric Cartier uh, oversees the ministry there along with a lot of great, wonderful people. Um, if you want information, go to rmcalvary.org. They're at 4285 North Academy Boulevard in Colorado Springs, and their phone number is 719-597-1133. I'm actually going to be hosting the show tomorrow from Rocky Mountain Calvary uh, because Pastor Eric is scheduled to teach in one of the sessions or somehow overlapping maybe. At any rate, I'm not scheduled to teach until Saturday, so I get to do, and I'll be back, Lord willing, uh, from Colorado Springs hosting the show uh, from there tomorrow. Uh, but please come out. You are invited, and we want you to be a part of Refresh. Uh, it is an exciting time. It's a ministry conference uh, that God is using in a wonderful ways. Uh, it started here at Calvary Aurora many years ago, and now it's moving over and going into other places with different visions and moving around Colorado. And I remember the days back when Pastor Brian Michaels uh, was pastoring Rocky Mountain Calvary. When I first moved here, uh, Rocky Mountain used to host the regional pastors and leaders conferences there. They were just the best. And I know that this refresh is just going to be the best. Um, I, Pastor Eric and his team there, Sean, and and the whole crew is an amazing group of men and women that love Jesus. And I can't wait uh, to be a part of what God wants to do at Refresh Ministry Conference. So that's tomorrow. Go to rmcalvary.org for all the details. Uh, I'm looking at the event. If you scroll down, there's a, there's a little tab there that speaks. Uh, says Refresh Conference 2017, and um, click it, and you're good to go. All the information is there. 303-690-3000. Let's go back to the phone lines. Carla is calling from Boulder, Colorado. Carla, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. I was just wondering if I could request some prayer. Okay. Okay. Um, I have a family member who passed away, and I am leaving for California tomorrow to go to the funeral. And I feel um, an illness coming on. I've got a sore throat. And my husband has had an illness that started with a sore throat. And the next day he was so sick he couldn't talk and heavy congestion. Yes. And I, I really felt like the Lord was telling me he wanted me to share um, at the funeral, and I wanted to share things, spiritual things, you know, to sh- point people to Jesus. And um, my aunt was a believer, and so it would be an easy segue. And I wanted to do that, and I, I don't know if Satan is trying to make that not happen, or if the Lord just doesn't want me to, which is fine, whatever whatever God wants. But I would just appreciate prayer. Okay, let's do that. God, I pray for Carla and her body as she feels the sickness coming on and uh, the difficulty that, that comes with um, with the way our bodies shut down and, uh, and, and how hard it is, God, to press through. I pray for a healing in her, in her body, that you would equip her and strengthen her to have the strength and the stamina 
and also the um, spiritual ability to speak life in a time uh, memorializing a life. And funerals are very hard, and they're very difficult, and people come very raw and and just just with all sorts of emotions. But God, I know that it's also a time where we have a, a captive audience to share of your love. I, I always love that passage. I share it in any of the funerals that I've done in the past, that um, you are the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in you, though he may die, he will live. And what, what great hope is in that truth. So I pray for our friend Carla, God. I pray you'd strengthen her and establish her for her to accomplish all that you've laid before her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And could you just tell me um, what passage that was? Because I've been praying for what verses he would like me to share. Yeah, that's in John's Gospel. So let me, I, I want to say chapter 11, but let me just look real quick here. I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, John 11. It, the verse in particular is verse 25, but the whole that whole chapter is a powerful chapter, John 11. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I You're appreciate welcome. the prayer too. Okay, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. I had mentioned to go to the text line. Let me just go real quick over there. Uh, I know we had a text. Um, let's see what we got here. Uh, can you explain what blaspheming the Holy Spirit means? Is it something believers should worry about? No, it's not something that believers should worry about. And anybody uh, concerned, even unbelievers that would be concerned that they committed it, most likely did not. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit comes to us from the lips of Jesus uh, as the work of God was attributed and denied. The work of Jesus was denied and attributed to the devil. And that's a heinous sin. It wasn't just this one act attributed to the devil but rather it was a revelation of the darkness of the hearts of those that were accusing him that was saying that Jesus, they did not believe in Jesus. And in their case, they went, they crossed the line. They crossed the line of no return. And so I believe blaspheming the Holy Spirit is, is a, a darkened heart that uh, is denying Jesus all the way to a point of no return. And that's why we're so desperate to get the gospel out uh, and to tell people about the love of Jesus because we don't want people to do that. And if you're listening to me right now and you're wondering if you committed the unpardonable sin, the fact that you're concerned about it is insight that you probably didn't and you should repent of your sins today and ask Jesus to forgive you. Okay, we're going to move on to line number three is Bob. Bob, uh, welcome to the program. How you doing, Pastor Ed? Good. Uh, How are you? I I just wanted to I I told the the guy on the other end there that uh that's not my real name. I don't need my name mentioned. I okay. you're always praying for everybody. I would just like to pray for you. I receive that, Bob. Go for it. Heavenly Father, I ask that you be with Pastor Ed with all of the the kindness and the healing that he's trying to give everybody with this the mess down there in uh Las Vegas. And uh 
and be with him about his son, Lord. I, I don't know, and I'm not asking. Uh, just be with him about whatever he needs to do to to heal from that or whatever is going on with that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. I receive that. Thank you very much. You betcha. You're always praying for everybody else. I figured it was my turn. Well, thanks, bro. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, let's move on to the phone lines. Uh, we've had full lines, and it's really good. Uh, let's move on to Daniel in Denver. Uh, Daniel, uh, welcome to the program. Well, thanks, uh, Pastor Ed. So I had a, a question and then a prayer request. So uh, okay. do you want the question first? Sure. Okay, so it's it's about evil um, and who's the author of evil. Now, I just... I struggle with it. It might be simplistic, but in Isaiah 45, 7, uh, if I remember correctly, God says, for I create evil and, and calamity there. So I'm not an open theist, but I'm not necessarily a Calvinist either. So I struggle okay. with trying to reconcile how God can, I don't know, create evil acts? I don't know exactly how to phrase it, but... You know, I mean, because he's obviously aware of the evil within men's heart, and yet he and, and yet evil acts still, you know, still happen in this world. So he certainly, I guess, would say allow it. I mean, he doesn't necessarily stop it. So well, how, there's, yeah, how, there's two, how do I reconcile it? To me, there's two parts to your question. Um, I guess, you know, to the direct question of how do I reconcile it, there's going to remain a little bit of mystery in this of why God would choose to use evil, because I think in our, in our case, uh, we would step back and say, man, I, I would, I would abol if I was God, I would abolish evil. Uh, I would get rid of it. That, that's sort of our, especially those that have experienced, you know, pain and hurt. Like we, we can't conceive in our human minds, you know, that I, I'm reminded of another passage in Isaiah where the Bible says that God's thoughts are not our thoughts and God's ways are not our ways. Uh, and, and so part of that, there's going to be a little bit of mystery to this whole, this whole thing of God allowing evil, using evil, and even creating the potential for evil, right? Because he created, he created human beings with free will, and some people would then want to associate that and make God responsible for evil, but he's not. He's not he, he did not create evil. Evil's essence is in the rebellion of the devil, of his sinful decision of pride and arrogance, and it passed through your veins, your bloodline, and my bloodline, through our, through our great, great, great times. I don't know how many grandfather Adam. And and so by the time that we read of God's dealings with man, evil already exists, and it is a it is a tool in the hands of God. Uh, he uses it if 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 we believe the Bible and we do, and I know you do, uh, then we believe in Romans chapter eight verse twenty eight when God when the Bible says that God works all things together for the good, for those that love Him, those that are called according to His purpose, and you know the beginning of that is for we know, and and so the answer number one is no, God did not create evil. And the answer to number two is that we certainly see it in the Bible of him both using and redeeming evil that men and women have perpetrated 
and are fully responsible. So, so uh, back to, to Romans eight there. So, could it be one way of God using evil in a sense to to, to glorify Himself? I mean, well, if He certainly is going to redeem it for the good. He is certainly going to redeem it, and he certainly will be glorified. Um, you know, I, I think of the tragedy in Las Vegas as we speak right now, that, that some, I, I have to think, and I don't know because I don't know the hearts of men, but I have to think that some of those 50 um, were not believers that lost their lives. But they're in eternity now, and in eternity, even though they're separated from God, they fully understand the righteousness and the holiness of God in a way that you and I don't. And before God, there is no excuse. They will have no excuse. Uh, they will be unable to say um, this this evil terrorist uh, up in a in a hotel room uh, that uh, took my life. He took it too early because I was going to believe in you next week. They won't be able to say that. I don't know how it's all going to go down in heaven, but they won't be able to say that. And I have to I have to think as well that some of those 50 were believers in Jesus Christ who are in the very presence of the Lord, and they too see righteousness and the fullness of God working all things together for the good. They have full knowledge now, just as Jesus knows. The ones that struggle with this are those of us that have yet to meet him face-to-face, like you and me. Um, I, you know, what Bob called in earlier to pray, uh, and he doesn't know any of the details surrounding my son, but my son died at the age of 26, and circumstances of, over which um, our family, Marie and I, had no ability uh, to step in medically to help him. Uh, and, and so he ended up dying at age 26. And, and you know, at age 26, that's a very young age to die. Uh, parents aren't supposed to be burying their children. Children should be burying their parents. And... And, and, you know, that rocks a person's world. I know people listening in have s- suffered similar grief. And I know one of the things I wrestle with in the beginning, and maybe even do sometimes now, is an untimely death. You know, I, I, remember, saying, uh, I remember saying, you know, Lord, you should have taken me. I'm much older. I've lived most of my life. You know, you should, I would have gone in place of my kid. I don't know any other parent that wouldn't say that. But the reality is, is that somehow it's a part of God's plan. And even some of the resultant uh, drama and craziness that's that is ongoing after his passing, it's somehow. I don't know. I don't know yet. I know the God that redeems craziness and drama. I just don't understand right now how it, all the drama is going to play out for the glory of God. We're veiled right now. We don't see it completely. The Bible says that we see as in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. We just don't quite see the fullness yet but we trust God because it's going to come to pass. Um, and he does, use, he does use the evil of men and can redeem it. He actually promises to do that uh, in Joel chapter 2 when God says, I will restore to you the years that were eaten through disobedience. Right, right. And I was thinking too, because some examples I've used, uh, I think it's Joseph in Genesis, um, where he says, for you guys... You know, had evil intentions, but God had planned it out for the good. Or I know I butchered that, but it was somewhere along that line there of, of his brothers there when they sold him 
slavery. Yeah, it was Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, where Joseph looks down at his brothers and the big revelation is there, and he says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good, to bring it about as it is this day. So even evil is a servant to the sovereign God. Amen. Okay, uh, I don't want to take Great up too question. much time. Um, well, well, thank you. I don't want to yeah, take up too and, much time, but, but if I could get a, a quick prayer from uh, you and the saints, from everyone who's listening, uh, just, just for me to stay focused uh, with the whole past year, with the, you know, with our politics and how to control yes. it is, I've gotten distracted. So. I will. Let's do that right now. Father, I pray for my brother this, that the way the world is going and, and, and the, the heightened political atmosphere is, is troubling so many. Um, I, I know that uh, if I pay any attention to it, God, it'll trouble me too. And you told us to look to the eternal and not to the temporary. And so forgive us, Lord, for, for being spending so much time on the temporary and not on the eternal. And I know that, uh, I know my brother, Lord, here, um, Daniel, as he is wrestling with different the different um, theologies and just wrestling with who you are, God, and how you use, how you, how you could even redeem something so ugly, uh, and, and just walking through, wanting to understand your word, wanting to understand you, Lord, would you be with him, clear his mind, give him some headspace, uh, that he might spend more time worshiping you and enjoying you, abiding in you, and and living the fullness of life in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, man. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, I want to take a quick text question uh, from our text line. Uh, it is from a caller that says, Pastor Ed, my mom died just four weeks ago. We had a wonderful celebration of life. I know, she puts it in capitals, she's with our Lord. Even so, I find myself sad sometimes and very, very tired. Can you pray for my heart to be strong? Let me, let me just say that it's normal uh, to be sad. It's normal to be very, very tired and exhausting. Grief is a um, debilitating emotion. It's an attack on every part of the body, physical, emotional, spiritual, it, it, it messes with your mind. And even though we know, I was, you know, one of the things we were just so grateful that we had all the time that we had with our mom and our dad, because both my mom and dad are in heaven too, and my boy, uh, and one of the children that um, his previous wife uh, miscarried, uh, that, uh, and a lot of family, granny, all kinds of people, like heaven is filled with friends and family that I can't wait to join. But until then, we need to walk through our grief and our sadness and our tires. So I pray for my sister here, Lord. Um, well, I don't know if she's if it's a woman or a man, but I pray for this this uh, this believer that lost their mom and very sad and very very tired. And I pray specifically, God, that you would strengthen their heart, uh, overwhelmingly give a strength that only you can give that you might have the glory for the great things you want to do and continue to do through their life. Uh, even as Pastor Chuck taught us, um, when we grieve, um, we grieve not for our loved ones, but for our, our loss, that we won't be able to enjoy uh, their lives on earth anymore. But there's coming a day when we're going to be with them 
once again reunited in your presence. And we look forward to that day. So all those that are listening and grieving and and just really wrestling with these emotions, we lift them up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's see if we can get to another uh, call here. Um, Just want to let you know, Refresh Ministry Conference, Rocky Mountain Calvary, is tomorrow. Starts tomorrow. Go to rmcalvary.org. Rocky Mountain Calvary is on Academy in Colorado Springs. It's a regional uh, conference of primarily Calvary chapels, but not exclusive. Uh, And so we're welcoming any true believers that want to worship the Lord. uh, We are a family that loves all believers and wants to be in a relationship. Heaven's going to be very diverse. And and so I can't wait to, to be a part of this conference. I'll be hosting the show tomorrow from Rocky Mountain Calvary. And then this weekend, I'll be at Calvary in Aurora, our home church here, and I'll be teaching a very special message. This will be a good message for you to invite your friends and family to. It'll be one that you want to download and forward, and, uh, and it's going to be entitled, A Right Response to Sudden Terror. And it's in light of what's happened in Las Vegas, Orlando not too long ago, I mean, it, it's almost like um, so many things happening that we're gonna, we, it's easy to become uh, desensitized, and we don't want to be desensitized. We want to look up for our redemption draws near, and I want to speak words of comfort, hope, and strength into your life. Uh, it's a similar message that I shared right after the Aurora Theater shooting. Um, that message ended up getting um, broadcast on James Dobson's radio program, and um, all over the all over the country in various ways. On I think we're on seventy different radio stations. We'll be also cutting it up and editing it and airing it on Abounding Grace. Um, you know, preempting our programming uh, soon enough too. So just be in prayer for us. Come out. Calvary Aurora is on Hampton, just east of Tower. Information on our church is calvaryaurora.org, or you can also go to edtaylor.org. Ed Taylor T A Y L O R dot org. All the information is available. And then if you want to download our apps, you can watch our live services right on our app. Even the Grace FM app, you can watch our live service. Um, Just search Calvary Aurora in your app store. Okay, we got a couple minutes. I'm going to take line number two is Noel uh, calling right here in Aurora, Colorado. We have like two minutes, Noel. How can I serve you? Hey, Pastor Ed. First of all, thank you for last night's prayer service. I was part of that, and it was amazing. Um, It was amazing. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, uh, so my question is, we're, when we accept Jesus and uh, as our Savior and He forgives our sins, and the Scriptures talk about our sins being as far east, He puts our sins as far east as from the west, but then the Scriptures also talk about uh, that all of us will be called into judgment and we'll have to answer uh, to everything that we've done. So uh, not that it's a disparity, and I wouldn't want to say that the Scriptures do that, but if you can clarify, if we're forgiven for our sins and inequities, how is it later that we would be judged for what we did? Well, if you, you replace the word "judged" with mm-hmm. "reviewed," it might make it it might make it a little more um, palatable to you. You see, okay. we're going to be held accountable for our lives. It's sort of like me; I was adopted into my family. Um, okay. My parents literally adopted me, uh, and I became their son. And that doesn't change. I'm no longer. I no longer belong to the county of Los Angeles or my birth parents through the legalities of the process. I belong to them, and yet in my life, um, I had a relationship with them that they held me accountable to. Uh, it didn't change my relationship. I never stopped being a son. Uh, I never stopped being a tailor. 
Um, but there were things in my life that, you know, if I, I used, I was a thief, I was a notorious thief before I got saved and I stole from my parents like crazy. They would catch me. They would hold me accountable for it. Uh, they would forgive me, but they, they wouldn't, if I stole again, they wouldn't say, well, you know, you've been forgiven for the last time you stole. So I'm going to forgive you for this time. Like we Ah. still live life and the Bible gives us two different judgments. There's the great white throne judgment where unbelievers will stand before God and give account for their lives and the refusal of Jesus Christ, and they'll be given the penalty of that decision. And then for believers, we stand before Jesus at what's known as the Bema seat. It was the judgment seat where, where in, in the Olympics, a runner would stand and be awarded for their race or be disqualified oh. for cheating. And wow. so it isn't a sin issue when you say judgment. You're not being judged for what you did with Je- for your decision of Jesus Christ. You're being judged for your life. Your life is being held accountable, and there will be things you are rewarded for, and there will be things you thought you did for God that will burn up, and you're like, oh, I don't know how that's going to feel, but we're all going to stand before the Lord and just like, oh, man, that was a big mistake. I sh- that segment of my life, I, I wish I had it over or something. Uh, but but right. now that we know that, um, now that we know, like talking about it now, we can live yeah. our life fully for the Lord. He's not bringing your sins back against you, though. He's, gotcha. uh, he's holding you uh, accountable for your life. Great. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Okay. God bless you, man. Bye-bye. God bless Hey, we're coming up on the last 10 seconds of the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing me to be a very small part of your life. I do not take it uh, lightly at all. And uh, I appreciate the Lord allowing me to serve you and be a part of the body of Christ. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.